Hey girl, you're listening to the For The Girl podcast, the podcast designed for you. Join Mac and Ken's as they cover all the hard topics for real life girls trying to love Jesus. Get ready for encouragement, truth, and let's be real, a little bit of a hot mess. Is it just me or are Mac and Ken's your new best friends? Let's get into the episode. Hello, everybody. Welcome back to the For the Girl podcast. We are in week two of our Still the Same God series. Maybe you just clicked on this episode because you saw that today's podcast was all about how God still shows up and you were like, yes, I want to see God show up in my life. And maybe you have no idea what Still the Same God is. Well, it is our latest Bible study that you can check out at ForTheGirl.com. It's one of those things where if you decide to get the Bible study, it will definitely enrich your experience. But it's also one of those things that you don't have to have the Bible study to listen to this podcast and enjoy it and to get some encouragement from it. And so, mm-hmm. yeah, I just wanted to put that out there for all of you guys listening. You know, if you don't have the Bible study, I don't know what you're doing. We are judging you, but no. it's fine. No. <laughs> <laughs> We're not judging you. We don't know who you are and it doesn't really matter. But Let's um, be honest. They're judging us right now. They're commenting saying, the Valley Girl accent, I can't with that. <laughs> yeah, you know what I'm judging, Mac? I'm judging your weird headphones that, that I'm also you are wearing. also wearing. <laughs> uh, uh, last night, I was talking with um, some friends who came to For the Girl Tour, and they were like, you know what I was so stunned by? And I said, what were you so stunned by? And they said, Ken's is such a Valley Girl accent. What? <laughs> I said... She does. And I forget. This is like concerning for me because I haven't lived in the valley for so many years. So am I like, am I holding on to an identity that I just need to let go of or what? Well, the thing I is, don't I don't hear your, I mean, I guess I do hear your valley girl accent still, but I don't, I, I'm immune to it, you know? So mm-hmm. I don't, I don't know. I don't know what, what it would be like to hear you talk for the first mm-hmm. time and to think about the way you talk. So. <laughs> it only comes out in certain settings too. Well, no, it's like most of the time. Like I definitely talk to my husband in a valley girl <laughs> accent. Like I'm like a true valley girl accent is like long and drawn. Like it's just like like I don't know, how are you doing? Oh my gosh. Yeah, today yeah. it was like da da da, you know. So I feel like that's like my essay. Um, I feel like your sister Zoe has a more extreme valley girl accent, or she used to. But she lives in New York now. Do you think she lost her Valley Girl accent? Or she has still she has it? it too. She still has it too. It's just rooted deep within us. So rooted that's deep. pretty fun. But too bad you don't have one. I know you have FOMO. Well, actually, Tyler tells me sometimes when I've hung out with you for too long, he says, you sound like Ken's. And I think <laughs> to myself... Oh no! <laughs> yeah, what do you think? Are you like I uh, do think? Great! Oh my well, god! I'm no, kind of like what you do. Yeah. You I oh my gosh! Really? Really? <laughs> I know yeah, that's exactly. what you do. I know that's what you do. <laughs> oh man! Okay, well, I thought before we jump into this episode, we could both share a high and a low for the week. Something. Okay awesome that happened this week and something you know that was hard that was not so awesome that happened this week and I think that you can start okay sure I would love to high for us yes or you can start below okay yeah I'll start with my high so my high would be uh that well we okay here's my high this is a superficial high but I thought you'd appreciate this because my low is going to be a little bit more deep so my high is that we're going to a wedding this weekend and it is a more it's a nicer wedding it's like black tie optional so I felt the need to like I was like okay I should probably like order some dresses Mm -hmm. so I ordered three dresses and they all came in and every single one of them was a hit Literally every single one of them, I was like, I love this, number one. And then number two, I was like, whoa, this looks really cute. I love this too. So it was awesome. I feel like that never happens when you need a dress soon. Like weddings in two days or three days. And I had three wins. So we'll see which one I pick. I don't think so because I don't need like that many nice dresses, but at least one, maybe two. So, yeah. Um, that's amazing. Wait, so which one are you going to pick? Give us a little sneak peek. 
Well, okay. So I think this one, it almost looks like, it looks like a Tinkerbell dress and that sounds weird, but it's just the color. It's kind of that green color and it's like long sleeve, like big flowy sleeves and it has like some cutouts on the sides. It's like kind of like baby doll. I don't know. It's really cute, like flowy and like fairy-esque. So, yeah. Okay. We love it. Did you, do you, do you make Tyler like look at you and all of them? So I tried them all on and I had like a favorite to like probably the one that I was like most likely going to return. And of course he, his favorite was the one that I was going to return. So I know boys. Why, do why does that happen every time? Every single time. They never, it's I, rare if they like the one you like. Well, I think like boys like the more like, like you know, like a little bit Revealing. more like Baba Boomy ones. And I think girls <laughs> like the ones that they just feel the best in. You know what I mean? I think that's typically yeah. how it goes. Well, and the guys don't have like the whole vision. Like they don't, you might have like your hair up in a bun while you're trying it on and they're just like, they don't get it. Like you're like, no, I'm yeah. like doing yeah. my hair like this and da, 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 you know. This was his reasoning. He took like a picture of me in each of the dresses so he could remember them and then like look at it. And he was like, ah, oh, the one that I, I think I'm going to wear. He was like, well, like you're kind of standing weird in that picture. So I, not that one. And I was like, that has uh, nothing like- to do with the dress. <laughs> But okay. <laughs> I really need to see these photos. Do you have them on your I'll phone? T- I'm going to text him and ask Okay. Him. If we get them during this episode, you can get my live reaction. But um, okay. that's amazing. Okay. I can't wait for the wedding. That's going to be so fun. I was going to um, ask something then, about that, but I forgot what I was going to say. Anyways. Okay. So that's the high. And then okay. the low. My low for the week is that um, – the last two weeks of at community, like our small group, you know, I've I've talked a little bit about we it. Know. I've cried. I've cried the last two weeks, and <laughs> oh. <laughs> you know, it's just kind of been hard. <laughs> at the group or after the group? Uh, both. 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 Yeah, both. Really? Literally, at the group, I cry, and then literally when I get home and Tyler and I debrief, I cry again. So I have so yeah. many questions, but maybe we share off of the podcast, I guess. Yeah, yeah. Just to say that I think like – I think that – you know, you guys have been with me on this journey of like finding a church, getting in community and all that stuff. And even sometimes when you feel like you're doing all the right things and and trying to be as obedient in it as possible, it can still be so difficult. And I think me trying to figure out, okay, God, what are you what are you doing in this? Like where where are you at in this and how do I continue to put my trust in you and my hope in you when it continues to be difficult and challenging? And I think like in this, I'm just like really trying to let ask God to search my heart and like help me figure out the stuff that I'm not seeing and I'm not understanding that's keeping me from, you mm-hmm. know, seeing this as the gift that it should be in my life probably. So, yeah. yeah. Okay. Wow. Well, we'll talk more about that later. So that's real. A lot of people cry in their small groups. <laughs> I've shared before. <laughs> there was a year of my life that I cried every time. Somebody asked me my prayer requests. This is not on the same subject. And so we all. Sometimes crying is like the best thing ever. Like crying in a community group is meaning you're like, you're letting something that you've kept in the dark into the light. But those are like not what my tears tears have been. My tears have been the like. Yeah. You know my, you know what I'm talking about, Ken's. You know me. Those you like tears. really didn't want to cry, and looking back, yeah. you're like, oh yeah. shoot, kicking yourself. Yeah. No, and that's like, a good it's a frustrated cry, a frustrated cry that I was having, and that's why it was my low. Not because I think crying in, I think crying in a group is often a high. It's often amazing. <laughs> <laughs> no, good clarification. That's true. My Josh yeah. was always like, oh my gosh, tears during worship. The Lord showed up, and I'm like, sure. I don't cry that <laughs> much in those moments. So sometimes I'm like, stop saying that. But anyways, uh, my high, I'll make it quick, was probably my fish tacos that I made last night. They were- We're really deep. Dresses yeah. and fish tacos. <laughs> <laughs> they were the shrimp, actually. Shrimp, I forgot sure. to that. And they were amazing. And I got everything from Trader Joe's. And, you know, Trader Joe's is the best. You know, if you want some good shrimp tacos, use their- Get some shrimp, frozen shrimp. Then, you know, the mini flour tortillas are honestly so freaking bomb. I don't know why mini changes everything. And then oh. the they have like the coleslaw, the pre-coleslaw. But then I put that they're like, they have this new sauce in their sauce section. That's like kind of like 
I don't know. I don't know what you do. A- aioli type. And you just mm-hmm. mix that in there. I've been making my own salsa. Feels like summertime. Wow. Everything was great on my plate. So that was my high. Hit the spot. That's amazing for you. I'm really happy for you. Yep. And my low is that. Just to make this quick, we'll probably, we'll talk about a more serious low in another episode, but I have not been sleeping well this week. The worst. Do you know those weeks? I wake up at like uh, four in the morning, convinced somebody's robbing the house. So don't know why, uh, but it's Do you wake Josh terrible. up or do you just like sit there and try to go back to sleep? Try to go back to sleep, you know. I like will yeah. get up and look in the closets and stuff. <laughs> do you do that? You look, no, actually, you know, I have no never. Shit. I'm not like afraid usually at night. Yeah. I guess I'm just, that's not usually it. Usually it's just me in my head worrying about like my taxes or something like that. Like it's not because of if you're not like, robbing the yeah. house. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I like come up with the weirdest scenarios. I feel like that's a lot of people though. I'm always like, yeah. So I'll indirectly wake up Josh because I'll be like creeping in the closets and he's like, what are you doing? And I'm like, there could be somebody in there. <laughs> and he's just like, okay. Good night. And I'm like, you are something else. Honestly, wow. part of it too is we are, we get no air conditioning upstairs in our bedroom. I know you have this problem too. So we have to run this massive like window. Well, I unit. know the machine. I've yeah. seen it. And it's yeah. so loud and it like makes a lot of noises and I just never sleep as well. And it's, it has to be turned on in the summertime. So, you know, we just started turning on. So I'm not like, my body's not used to it. So I think that's why I keep waking up. And then I'm like, oh my gosh, there's a robber in my closet. See, I'm opposite. Like I love noise sounds. And then if it's too quiet, I'm, I'm like, will wake up immediately. Like if my phone will die in the middle of the night, cause I use like a sound machine and if my phone dies in the middle of the night and it gets quiet, it's like immediately I wake up. <laughs> I'm like, cool. What's going on? It's so quiet. So I've slept with you. I know that life. Yeah. You know that I'm, I need my noise. I need my noise. You need your noise. Okay. Well, we need to get into this episode. So let's transition into today's episode, right? Mac attack. Yes, let's do it. We're ready. Talking about how God still shows up. Okay, you guys are so excited to jump into today's episode about how God still shows up and makes himself known even today in 2023. And we wanted to have this conversation because, yeah, I think so often God can just feel so far away. Whether you're in seasons of struggle or trial or waiting, or you're just feel close to Jesus and you're beat bopping around and things feel good. Either way, it can just feel like God is like this really far off mysterious being God that we like can't relate to and who isn't a part of our everyday lives. And I don't even know when we, when we are even studying this part in this Bible study, I was like, I was just like picturing how the sky and like heaven and how that just is like far away and mysterious. And I was like, oh my gosh, yeah, he's like millions of miles away. This is so unrelatable. And then I was opening up the scripture and reading these stories that again, are so ancient thousands of years ago. And I was like, okay, wait, how is he still a part of our everyday? And is this really real for us? And if he is like, how do I have eyes to see him? And how do I have ears to hear him? And what should I look for? And Mm. how should I be looking for him? And I think this conversation really does matter because in seasons that are really painful or when we feel like we hit rock bottom, our belief in God as our intercessor, somebody who's going to intervene in our lives and make himself known really does matter because his Mm. presence is like, what we are going to need to fall back on in really tough seasons. And so if we like have a lot of questions or if we have like a lot of doubts or if we just like don't really believe that he's going to show up for us, then when painful times come, it's going to be really hard. And so 
yeah, I think it's through surfacing our doubts and our questions and our human understanding that we'll be able to see a bigger picture of his presence truly among us. Yeah. Yeah. I think this is so good. And it's just an important conversation. I think it's a perfect follow-up to last week, which was uh, that God still cares. And that was kind of like the baseline foundational beginning of, okay, God loves us. He sees us and he cares, like he cares. And it's through his care and his love for us that he wants to be with us. Like he wants to give us his presence. And I think So often, I just think about it, like I've been in so many conversations with so many people who are just in a really tough season or they're really desperate for God to like do something in their life to like, you know, provide the job, provide the spouse, like give them uh, the answer that they need to something they've been praying for, whatever it is. Like they're just like, God, like, where are you? Where are you? Where are you? And I think ultimately, like, maybe what their heart is desiring more is, I think about it like the present, the P-R-E-S-E-N-T. Like, they want the thing at the end of it. They want the spouse. They want the answer. They want the Mm -hmm. job. But the beautiful thing about our God is He, more than anything, wants to give us His presence, the P-R-E-S-E-N-T. E-N-C-E, his presence. And uh, I think this matters so much because I've sat across from so many people and they've said like, oh, this is like what I'm just asking God to do. I'm begging for God to do. And I just have to look at them and just say, hey, like, to be honest, like, I don't know if God is going to do that in your life. Like, I just, I don't know. I know his character and I know there are things that like we can trust him in, but we don't always know if God is going to give us the things that our hearts deeply desire and deeply want. But we do know that God will always give us his presence. No matter what you are walking through, you can trust without a shadow of a doubt that God is with you and he will give you his presence in some crazy, cool, beautiful ways. And it is almost our job. I feel like it's our job as followers of Christ to fall more in love with the presence of God than those presents that God can give us, like Mm. the gifts that God might have for us. And, and I think when we, when we get that right, when we become so enamored with God's presence and being with him and, and just receiving whatever he has for us in his presence, we have so much more joy and so much more guidance and direction for how we're supposed to move forward in these things that feel unknown or feel scary. And so, Mm. you know, Ken's and I have been doing, we've been doing ministry now for like uh, 10 plus years. And, and I remember Mm -hmm. really early on, I felt like a shift in our ministry when we started getting serious about almost showing women how to get in the presence of God, like how to actually experience and and feel God with you there. And mm-hmm. I think about like we can we've led just like throughout the years, like these guided prayer moments. And mm-hmm. uh they're so important and they're so big. They're just these moments where like what we do is you just like get the room you know, in a space of worship, usually we have like a band playing or whatnot and like get people alone and then get them to just picture God there with them. And I feel like we've just heard like the craziest cool stories of women, maybe not getting the answers they were longing for, maybe not getting the things that they were desperately desiring, but getting to be in God's presence and just the gift that Mm -hmm. that was. Yeah. Yeah. That's so real. At the very beginning of everything, we were like, okay, it's so great to be in these atmospheres of worship and go to church on Sunday and be in community with believers and hear a good sermon and all of these things. But we were like, well, what about his presence though? Like, but are these women still shows up in different ways and looks different and responds different and all of the things. And so, yeah, it's really sweet. And I love hearing all the different stories of and descriptions and all the things. And that's like a simple way that I think the Lord shows up if you quiet your spirit and you ask for that. Um, But I think one of the biggest questions we had when we were writing this study is like, okay, he's going to show up for us. How do we, how do we search for that? Like, how do we find that? Where is he? And so we just wanted to talk through a couple things that are helpful in this conversation. The first being in order to experience God's presence for him to show up for us, we must learn to become undistracted. (laughs) And I think this is really applicable to just our culture and our generation Mm. right now. 
actually at my church and here in Nashville is doing a digital detox, which is kind of amazing. <laughs> at first I was like, are we really doing this? Like, wait, what about, aren't, why aren't we just studying the book of James? <laughs> and we're doing a digital detox. I kind of thought it was funny. And then as he was like describing the reason why, I was like, oh my gosh, this is so good and so real. And mm. I know you guys have all heard it before. And I know, you know, in your heart that like your phone and screens and TV and Netflix mm. and all of this is not the best for you, but we kind of still do it anyways. And I guess I just want to also point out even in this episode is something as simple as like our phone and a screen and Netflix gets us undistracted from mm -hmm. God's presence. And we all know how it is. Like we pick up our phone, we scroll Instagram for what we thought was going to be two minutes. And then it turns into a 30 minute funk and it is a funk. Like we're, mm -hmm. our minds clouded our spirit feels different. We're distracted and we live and function as humans right now in that headspace. And I really do think that if we're so distracted and it might not even be Instagram, maybe for you, it's like literally a Netflix series that you're like low key addicted to. I've been there before and all you, you just like literally can't wait to like get home and watch the next hmm. episode. And probably rush through 10 different things that day just so that you can sit on your couch and do the thing and then missed so much of how God might have been wanting to make himself known. And so I really think that we all got to search our hearts and our lives and our daily routines and activities and all of the things and get rid of some of the things that are distracting you. Maybe for mm -hmm. you, it's work. Maybe for you, it's too many plans and a full mm -hmm. calendar. I don't know what it might be for you. Only you are going to know, but I think that's the first step. And when we do, when we eliminate some of these things, we're going to have a lot more moments to simply pause and to take a breath and to be able to look for God in really unique ways because it is unique. Like, I mean, you guys, he's not about to just come down from the clouds and show up and <laughs> it's not going to be obvious. It's going to be through through strangers or through random conversations that you might have not thought much of, or maybe it's in your sleep and your dreams when you're actually rested and you're with Jesus, or maybe it's through an intentional walk around your neighborhood or a hike or whatever. And all of a sudden you're looking around you and you're aware of God's mm. presence. And yeah, I think it really does start here. And it's so simple. We all kind of know it, but we're just saying it again. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I think that's so good. I think the beauty of um, getting rid of distractions is that it's almost like a retraining of your heart, like retraining your heart to crave and hunger for God's presence. Actually, just this just this weekend, my husband and I, we were on like an anniversary trip and it was so cute. We were like on the beach and I was reading my novel. It was like a beach read. And uh, he was reading this book that is all about kind of like getting in God's presence. And so he like went off on the beach for like 20, 30 minutes and was like, I could watch him. I was like, see him down the beach, you know, pacing back and forth on the beach. And I knew what he was doing. I was like, oh, he's trying to talk to God. He's trying to be in God's presence right now. And he came back and he was like a little bit frustrated, a little bit like, oh, I don't know. Like I tried, I feel like, you know, I just feel like I didn't, I didn't hear much or I didn't, I didn't like really feel his presence that much. And then as we kind of like kept talking and he was kind of like just sharing some things, he was like, you know, I think the thing that I realized is so often I get frustrated with myself because I just, I say yes to like the desires of my flesh. I just am like so used to like whatever my flesh wants, I just give it to myself. I like want to like gorge out on food and I just do it. Or he's like, I want to just like lay on the couch and do nothing. And he was like, and I just do it. And so he was like, I just really feel like God is kind of almost like calling me to, Hey, those things that don't seem like that big of a deal. Like what if you, what if you like took a break from some of those things and you actually learned what it was like to fill the pangs of your hunger, of your fleshly desires with my presence and my spirit. So just as we got back from the trip, the first day back, he's like, I'm going to fast. Like, I'm just going to fast from food. And he was like, and anytime I'm by myself craving food, wanting food, he's like, I'm just going to replace that with God. And it's just been a couple of days, but it's been really cool how even just doing that for like one or two days, he has been 
everything has been about God. Like I've almost been annoyed with him because I'm like, babe, quit preaching a sermon to me. I'm just trying to be bitter about my tears at my community group last night or whatever. (laughs) But like I can just sense that he's so filled with God's presence right now. Like God is so alive in him and God is so speaking to him because he is really intentionally, even for just a day or two, maybe getting rid of distractions, but you know, just getting rid of things that are going to prevent him from turning to God and inviting God in. And I think that's the beauty of this whole principle of like getting undistracted is quit putting things in the way of you reaching out to God and inviting God's presence into your every single day. Because I think God is so available and so ready to show up in our life if we would just start inviting him in instead of inviting in Netflix or inviting an Instagram or inviting in TikTok. And it's a lot harder said than done, but I think just like setting yourself up for success in that area and just watching, whoa, I feel God's presence so much more when I do these things. And yeah, just seeing my husband do this for a couple days, I'm like, man, I need to be doing something like that. Like, that's so cool. So cool. So yeah. And that's like, that's such a good example. Like that is like the purpose and the discipline of the fast is partially because when we eliminate just that daily activity of food, making lunch, eating breakfast, enjoying these things, we are undistracted and we Mm. get to experience his presence more. So that's good. Maybe you low-key are encouraging some people to, to fast. High key and <laughs> encouraging people. It's a, not me. Fast. Thank you, Tyler. <laughs> <laughs> um, but I definitely think the second thing too is to have a posture of expectation. So you know, you you distracted or you're undistracted. You've eliminated some things in your life, and you're seeking Jesus, similar to to Tyler on the beach. I love this picture. He walked off. on the beach and he was expecting God to speak to him, Mm. expecting God to show up for him. He didn't go for that walk and was probably like, I really don't think he's going to really talk to me. I might just like go for a quick one or something. He was like, no, I'm going to like take a solid Mm. 30 minutes, an hour to go find Jesus with this hopeful expectation that he's going to be there and he's going to show up. And I think it's just so hard. I mean, I'm like screaming, I feel like in this episode and I really shouldn't because this is actually really real. And like, it's really hard for me too. in some hopeless Mm -hmm. seasons or really hard seasons, because I know how easy it is to just lose hope that God's going to show up or lose expectation that God's going to show up. And maybe for you, Mm -hmm. you've also been surrounded by people or doctors or scenarios or situations that have just let you down. And your expectations are low, like when it comes to friends and family Mm. and people around you. And so it's like hard for you to apply that to Jesus. But I really do think that we can expect big things of a God who can do big things. And as we were reading the scripture this week too, I was reminded of that. We talked about the life of Abraham through Genesis. And you see so many different times through years of trial that Abraham stayed like expectant. There's a moment in particular in scripture where, you know, him and Sarah, his wife couldn't have a baby for so many years. And even after she turned 30, 40, 50, she still had an expectation Mm. that God was going to provide and was going to give them what he had promised them. And that led them to see God and to actually God made himself known to them through strangers walking by and they were ready and willing to serve those strangers and to listen. And they didn't grow numb. They didn't grow weary, but they Mm. were looking around every single corner, even after 10, 20, 30 years of trial, knowing that God was going to show up in the midst of it. And the story you guys are going to hear at today's episode, I think is a really good example Mm. of this, of just struggling and trial for months and months and months. And then just Mm. like wait, always holding on hope though, that God was around the corner and he was speaking even still. It's so good because like, I feel so (laughs) personally uh, challenged and convicted right now of, you know, I shared earlier about just like my own frustrations and, you know, I could go into so much more detail, but it's just been a season of like, you know, we've been plugged into uh, a church and a community for about a year now. And to be honest, like a lot of days, it just still doesn't feel like home and it still doesn't feel like, um, 
it just doesn't feel like what I what I have always thought church and community has supposed to what was supposed to look like. And so I think I've been like really frustrated. And so just the last couple of weeks, it's been me sitting there and just like in my heart being like, God, what the heck? Like I, you know, I've been trying to do all the right things. I've been like showing up, trying to go all in for the last year. And I see no difference. I see no fruit. Like my heart isn't changing. Like my circumstances aren't changing. Where are you? Where are you in this? Like, I don't feel you in this. And I think this just like really challenges me and encourages me of if I have given up on God's ability to show up in this, then it's basically like just throwing in the towel for him. I'm just saying like, God, you can't do this. Like, you're not going to show up. And I think, you know, I don't know how he is going to show up and I don't know what it's going to look like, but I I want to be expected that he will. And I want to stop going in week after week with this posture of like, eh, it's going to be the same old, same old. Like, that is not helping the situation at all. That's just hindering, I think, my ability to recognize how he is showing up. Because I guarantee you, if I changed my posture a little bit, like, I could see that, wait, actually, he is. Like, he actually is moving and doing things. And as I'm sitting here right now, I'm, I'm like, kind of recognizing it. And I'm like, oh, shoot. All right, God. <laughs> Me in the way, me in the way. And so, yeah, I don't know. That's just me being like, whoa. <laughs> yeah, Shoot. No, that's really true. And then it's so different when if you walk into your small group with expectation that maybe he is going to move, then you probably will hear things that you like wouldn't have heard before or like yeah. see things differently that you wouldn't have seen before. It's a great example of just we get so cynical and so bitter and so mad yeah. at God. I mean, we've been there too. You guys know our story. We both got married in our later 20s and like walking through just like a long time of not having your hmm. future, having somebody is hard and you grow like bitter and you like overlook so much of the ways God's trying to speak to you and trying to be there for you and trying to hold your hand through the midst of it. But we're like, ah, we're so frustrated and mad. Yeah. Yeah. That's good. That's so true. (laughs) So true. Yeah. And I think it's us. I don't know. I think, I think that all these things we're talking about are just, they're so important because I think it's just so clear to me that the enemy would want us to lose our hope in God's ability to show up and to be who he says he is in our situations of life. Like the enemy has won if we've gotten to the point where we're like, yeah, God, I just don't think you're going to do anything. So I'm just going to throw in the towel and give up on this. And I think God, if we were to get in his presence again and like really listen for his voice and really just sense what he was doing, I think that is just never God's pot. Like God's posture towards us is never to throw in the towel and give up. It's always a constant pursuit of our hearts. And so I think when we trust that constant pursuit of our hearts, it honestly is the thing that compels us to like continue to pursue the things that he's placing in front of us, to continue to get our hopes up and our expectations up and what he might be doing. And so in my situation, it's just kind of this, I don't know, I just feel like this, God kind of saying to me like, hey, as I am pursuing you and as I'm continuing to love you and to choose you and to, um, you know, make a way for you, would you put that same belief and hope in this situation that you've chosen to believe is like dormant, never going to happen over? Like, would you pursue that same situation that I've placed in front of you with hope and with joy and with expectation and anticipation for what's to come? And I think when we do that, what is so cool is um, that then we just get this invitation into like waiting patiently. Uh, to like truly going, okay, God, your timing is so different than ours. Like your, we live in that instantaneous culture where we want our microwave meals. We want our, you know, <laughs> Starbucks delivery. We want our Amazon prime. And I think, wow, that's- you just pulled some really good analysis <laughs> out of your pocket. That is amazing. <laughs> and then I think that, that that's like the speed we want and we crave because it's given to us at every you know, every turn of our life, the fastest speed is typically like what we want. And we typically have access to that. But with God, his timing and his pace is just so different. And so I think in the midst of like waiting expectantly for his presence to intervene into whatever situation your life is, there's so much 
to enjoy in the in-between. Um, there's so much that we can learn in the trials and the waiting, the hard days, the loneliness, the heartbreak, all of those things teach us and they challenge us to grow uh, and to to become a version of ourselves that we couldn't imagine or we couldn't become without those long seasons of waiting. And so I think the process of just of just trusting God with his timing can create so much intimacy with God if we will allow it rather than it be like his timing that is like creating all this frustration in our heart. And so, yeah, I think last night for me, it was like, okay, God, it's been a year. What the heck? You must not be moving. But God in his heart might be like, hey, it has only been a year. Like I've, uh, you know, just a year and look what I have done in this year. And Mm -hmm. what might I be able to do in two years, three years, five years, 10 years that you will look back on this and go, wow, thank goodness I didn't give up at one year. And so, yeah, we just never know. We never know what he's doing. We never know. He's always working. And I really do believe that we can see that if we look for it. And if we look at expectation and we get undistracted and we learn to be patient and all of these things. And today's testimony. So last week, we didn't get the opportunity to have like a guest as a testimony. We shared our own little story. But today we have an awesome guest. Her name's Jasmine. She's going to share a little bit of how God made himself known and showed himself faithful in the midst of trial. So I'm really excited for you guys to get a real life testimony of how you can see this at work. It's going to be so, so good. So let's listen to this little interview. Yes. Oh my goodness. I am just so excited to be on here with you guys. And I just think it's such a sweet resemblance of who God is that like in this story, even though I'm on the other side of it, like I still get to glorify him and just look back and yeah, just know truly who he is. Um, But all that to say is my name is Jasmine. Yes. And I am about to be 27 actually next week. And I am married, have been married now for almost four years have a beautiful little boy. He is three months old named Enzo Bain. Strong name for a very strong kid. (laughs) And um, I actually live in Indianapolis area. So a little just background of what I'm doing now is I actually have just been working with women for as truly as long as I can remember. It's probably we're going on like six or seven years ever since I left college and actually became a regional director for Delight Ministries. Shout out Delight. We love them. And yeah, I was just like in a long, long season of just constantly being with women. I actually ended up going into a prison ministry, which was really, really awesome, but also very, you know, just a hard season of just really seeing um, the transition of like what it looks like when um, maybe the Lord, you know, you fallen away for a little bit. And so to be their life coach, to just bring back the Lord into their life has just been such a sweet journey. Um, So yeah, have been working with women for as long as I can remember. I'm now really in the new moms community because that is just the season that I'm in and the Lord has just really opened up a lot of doors. So that's a little bit about me. So good. Yeah, we've known Jazz for a while now, and it's been the sweetest thing to see the Lord use her in so Mm -hmm. many different ways. But today we really wanted to talk about probably one of the, I could assume, toughest seasons Mm -hmm. of you and your husband's life before having this gift of a baby. You went through a season of infertility, which that I think it was like almost three years, right? Mm-hmm. Yep. Yeah. Wow. So yeah, I would yeah. love for you to just share what that was like for you and the highs and the lows amidst it. And um, yeah, that season. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. So um, just a little background is we, I've always wanted kids. I've wanted kids for as long as I can remember. I mean, I was at, I was 12 years old when I came home and told my mom, like, can I have children like now? (laughs) And she actually told me (laughs) I needed to go get a dog. So that way I could see what it looks like to take care of another being. And obviously we waited a long, long time after, (laughs) after having that sweet dog. Um, All that to say is when John and I got married, it was pretty soon after where where we realized like we were excited to have a family and we started that journey And little did we know God actually had other plans during that time. So that's the beginning of, so that was in 2019, the beginning of our journey of just really 
um, fostering and caring for something that we genuinely wanted. Um, During that time, we actually invited so many people in to pray for us um, because we were just so excited. We're like, okay, when this happens, like we need all the support. We need all the people behind us. And time just kept going on. It was like month after month after month. And I remember during that time, like, and this is just kind of going off a little bit of the low side because we said highs and lows. So um, during that time, I am an Enneagram 7. So I'm a very like joyful, like outgoing. I love to be fun spirited. Um, I would find like the joy day to day. But during that time, I just started noticing I became like just kind of negative and just would feel sad and like could not get out of that period. And I'm like, what is going on? Like, like I have the joy of the Lord in me. I understand like this is just a season of waiting, but I just feel like as each month passed and it was my desire, like wasn't showing up. I'm like, okay, something has got to give. And I will say, I don't necessarily call our season of waiting the time of infertility. And the reason being is because we actually were never told that you cannot have kids. So if anything, I almost like my worldly heart was just like, I want to be told that. So that way we can do something about it. Like whether it was like a new process that we needed to go about or whatever, but being told like, Oh no, you're healthy. You're fine. You're great. And then also it not happening was just so frustrating to me. Um, because then I couldn't really do anything about it. And that's when I really started to like step into that season of like, oh my goodness, this is the Lord just using our story. And I, that's, I mean, from a year on out, like I was just like constantly like, oh, we're just in a season of waiting. We're waiting for this to happen, you know? And so I think that was definitely something I had to overcome in that low season. But then the high side of that is because I started to feel all these emotions way back when I wasn't the one to like really just talk through them. I wouldn't like randomly be like, Hey, I'm going through a hard season. Will you pray for me? Like I was never the one to be like, whenever people are like, does anyone have prayer requests? Like I would never (laughs) say anything because I'm like, everything's great. Um, And so I just remember starting to be more open and vulnerable. And I actually just started to reach out to so many mamas um, and even like just my girlfriends and I started realizing how many women were in a season of waiting and not just for family, but just in a season of waiting for something like as a husband or, um, workplace, you know, whatever that looked like. And so I feel like the Lord just really showed me that the more vulnerable I was becoming, the more like in depth, my relationships looked like they were actually like really sweet and we would, you know, cry together. And I just wasn't used to that kind of friendship. And so I just feel like he really grew and stretched me more than I've ever grown before because I was like, okay, like vulnerability is actually healthy. I find joy in this still, you know, and it was just sweet to really just dive deep into relationships. Um, And that being said to John and I, my husband, I feel like we also just like really, really grew in this season because we were given the opportunity to just lean on each other and just share like daily, like, how are you feeling today? Are you in a good place? Do you feel like we're struggling? You know? And I feel like every single time we'd like regroup together, it was just like the healthiest we ever, we could have ever been. So we definitely like, we look back and we're like, gosh, that was such a special season for the both of us. Cause we really like, I mean, talk about marriage being like a whole new world. Like we really were just like in the thick of it and just, yeah, it was so sweet to just fall in love all over again. So. Wow. So cool. Just to, I don't know, just to see that in the midst of hard things, like how God pursues us and he shows up for us in such unique and such different ways. And one of the things that are the questions we've kind of been wrestling with throughout this podcast and also in just like our study is this idea that the way that God shows up in scripture is, is it the same way that God can show up for us today? And will God show up for us? And so we, you know, we read stories in scripture of, I think about like Hannah and the way that God showed up for her. I think about the story of Elijah standing on the mountain and and God showing up for him in the quiet wind and uh, God kind of has these really cool and really unique ways that he'll show up for people and I think it just would be so cool to hear from you of just like in the midst of 
this journey that you went on. And even before you knew you were pregnant, like this moment where mm-hmm. you're like, okay, God, I'm confused. I'm lost. I'm reaching out to people. I'm, I'm like experiencing cool things, but like, God, where mm-hmm. are you in the midst of this? Can you just share like, when did God show up and, and what did that look like for you? Yeah. Um, no, that's so great. It's so funny that you mentioned Hannah's story. I'll get to that in just a second, but, um, I definitely, that season was so strange because there was times where I'm like, I feel like I should be kind of upset with him for not showing up like in the way that I desired at the time. So like for me, him showing up would literally being like, you're pregnant the first time you try because we prayed for it, you know? But then I was like, okay, God, if it's, if it's not that, then what? And I feel like he just constantly just showed me like, okay, this is where you need to be at right now in this season. And this is what it looks like. And he gave me such tangible tools and how to do that. And the way that he did that is like, I would sit in my quiet time and I'd just be like, okay, God, what is next? And I feel like almost instantly I would hear him just like, and when I say hear him, like, I don't like I didn't audibly hear his voice, but it was just like a thought that I would have in my head that I'd be like, Oh, I've never thought of that before. Like I knew that wasn't me. Right. Like it didn't make sense that I would have those conversations. And so I just knew it was him and he showed up in so many ways, just even in our quiet time. But I think more specifically because I am so outgoing, because I'm constantly reaching out to other women and just our community diving deeper, he was just constantly using people. I mean, there was times where John and I would be at dinner, just enjoying like a meal across the table from each other. And someone would come over and just be like, Hey, this is really strange, but can I, I pray for you guys. And we'd be like, sure, you know, like that'd be awesome. And they had obviously no idea what we were going through. And all of a sudden they'd be like, I just feel like the Lord is calling me to like pray over your womb and your mind and your relationship. And I'm just like, what in the world is happening? Um, and that happened way more often than I can even express. It happens so randomly all the time. Um, actually very specifically going back to Hannah's story, I actually had a sweet friend who I've only, and I call her a sweet friend cause I met her one time. She's absolutely amazing, but we live in completely different States and I, we just like, we're keeping up, um, just communication over Instagram. And she actually Instagram messaged me This was two days before we found out we were pregnant. She said, I was thinking of you this morning and I feel like I should read 1 Samuel 1. I feel like the Lord wants to encourage you that he sees the cry of your heart, just like he saw Hannah's heart in 1 Samuel 1 11, as she prayed, O Lord of heaven's armies, if you will look upon my sorrow and answer my prayer and give me a son, then I will give him back to you. He will be yours for his entire lifetime. He knows the desires of your heart and he of bringing forth children and raising them for his glory. I'm believing that one day soon you will be echoing Hannah in verse 27 when she says, for the child, for this child I prayed and the Lord has granted my petition, which I asked of him soon, Lord Jesus. And that was just a few days before we officially found out we were pregnant. We actually found out um, on Mother's Day. So all that to say is I feel like he was just constantly in the details. Um, He constantly was bringing people to us. So again, this is why I don't feel like I ever really say like we were in a season of of infertility because of how much God spoke, like because of how much he showed up, because of how many times he brought people into our lives to be like, hey, sis, like you're meant to be a mom, like you're meant to have this. It's just not now. And I think that was like my biggest lesson in the three years of being in that season was like, when we feel like this desire and this knowing of like, God, this is what I want right now. And then we don't get it right away. And our minds were like, okay, I guess that means no, like God is saying no, when in reality, he's just saying not now. Um, And so I just really had to come to terms with that. Yeah. I love that you said at the beginning, like, well, God showing up would have looked like me getting pregnant the first month. Like, duh. (laughs) And that's so real. Like, that's so real. We're always like, wait, God's not showing up for me because it wasn't what we wanted or what we expected. Mm -hmm. And just hearing how you shifted your mindset to like, okay, if it's not this, like, where are you at? Where are you working? Even the simple thing of continuing to get up in the morning and spend time with him and like, listen Mm -hmm. and wait and expect him to make himself known. I think that we can learn so much from you in that Mm -hmm. of how you just like held on to hope and continued to pursue his presence. And then how he just 
made sure you saw it. It's just so, so sweet. So for anybody listening who's in a season of waiting for the Lord, like maybe it is through infertility. I I, I am not saying that right, obviously. In a season, no, no, no. I, I don't know another it's, word. <laughs> it's honestly almost easier to just say that because it was such a long time. So you are, there's so much grace. <laughs> no, but I love that you clarified. That's amazing. Um, but whether it's that or waiting for to figure out what you want to do with your life or your spouse or whatever it is, like, do you have anything that you would want to speak to them or say to them as we close out this little part of the episode? Yeah, I feel like the biggest thing would be just finding contentment in this season that you're in. I think, again, every time like we remember what those years looked like, there was times where I was just constantly like living in the future of like, oh, I can't wait until then. Or like we'd go on like a family vacation. I'd be like, oh my gosh, we can't wait until we can bring our baby here versus just truly like being in the moment and being present. And there was times where I, I know that I miss the Lord because it was like, I was so busy focusing on something else on what I wanted versus like what he was doing right then and there. So again, being an Enneagram seven, I was just constantly like onto the next thing, moving on, moving on. And I am just thankful that there was, I mean, by the last year of us trying, it really was like, I'm like, I'm just going to enjoy the moment. I'm going to enjoy every season that we're in and still pray and wish and hope and have this desire. But it just was almost more exhausting trying so hard to like, like make my will be done versus like trusting that the Lord's will is going to eventually come to fruition. Right. Um, so yeah, I think contentment was one of the biggest things and then leaning on your community. Like if it weren't for my community and that also includes family, like if it weren't for inviting them into that season, I don't think I would have been so thankful and so positive for what was going on. I probably like, I think the biggest thing is that the enemy loves to isolate. And so if you're going through a season of waiting and you're not, you know, opening up about it or being vulnerable about what you're feeling, then the enemy, unfortunately just takes that and runs with it. It's literally his playground to like isolate you. Um, and so it was really special that again, I feel like the Lord just opened up my heart to really just be able to process with other people and invite them into that season And what's crazy too in that time is I would almost like apologize for people because I would believe like, I'm so sorry that the Lord isn't hearing your prayers because it was like, okay, you've been interceding for me for over a year, two years, now three years. And like, I would start feeling the guilt and I recognized it so quickly that it was the enemy being like, see, your God won't show up, you know, and in reality, those friends that I, you know, spoke that over, they were like, we, this is like such a privilege to do life with you. It is such a privilege to take time out of our day and pray over you and John and pray over your womb and just like be in that season with you. Um, and so it really is. It's so special. Don't take that away from people when they genuinely desire to like be in community with you and intercede with you. Yeah. So those are kind of the two biggest things that I'm feeling right now. Yeah. Thank you so much for listening. We are just so honored to get to, you know, write all these Bible studies and record all these episodes and lead you closer to Jesus and hopefully friends and family around you. You're the best. Um, TTYL, talk to you later. See you in the next episode. Thank you for listening and we'll see you soon.